0: Welcome to Mac and Blue, where we introduce you to who is building Arizona, bringing you the people and businesses that shape the landscape around us. From economic development and developers, underwriters and lenders, architects and engineers, to the very builders and suppliers that bring it all together. Now let's join our hosts, Robert Johnson, and J.J. Levinsky, a.k.a. Mac and
1: Blue. Welcome to Mac and Blue. We should have started this show 30 minutes ago and then be ending it now because it's, it, there's no way it's going to get any better. I'm Robert Johnson, <laughs> Vice President of Business Development with Tory Contracting. Don't get nervous, Daryl. I'm not there yet. He's J.J. Levinsky, president of Blue Wave General Contracting. What's happening?
2: Well, first of all, Daryl, welcome to the new studio. Yes, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate
0: you guys for coming in today.
2: By the way, we added padded walls. Did you get it? Did you get the text 30 minutes
1: beforehand? Are you guys coming in? Yeah. Yeah, Usually we get here and he's like, man, what are you here so early for? Give me some time. (laughs) So, yeah, this was, uh, anyway. We missed you last week, Daryl. Karen, T- Karen, Karen did Phil. much better than you've ever done. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, As she's listening so we can yeah, get that's to That's the reason G- I'm yeah. saying
1: it. Yeah. And when we're off there, it goes back to you're the best. <laughs> okay. We are really glad this week to have Carla McGee and Jennifer Prowse, both with MHG Commercial. Carla happens to be a host Of smashing through walls, a podcast that is also on Phoenix Business Radio. Is that correct, Daryl?
2: That is correct. And you Uh, and I were able to be guests with her, and we were, yes.
1: And so, in all fairness, I mean she she is very interesting and has a lot to to bring to the to the show. But it's her. This is it, right? But it reciprocal. This is the way networking works right thanks and we have to do damage obligated. control with how much he beat no, like, <laughs> no, no no we were obligated that's not what i'm saying i'm not saying that no 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 it's in the fine print it says that yeah yeah okay but big deal we'll get through it okay thank you for coming both of you well thanks yeah for nice. it's already thanks, been fun yes. <laughs> um it really has uh been a blast <laughs> jennifer will never do a podcast again ever after we're done with her, yeah, guy. she'll have a, a twitch in her right eye. Um, it's
3: starting. Yes.
1: <laughs> let's let's start with you, Carla. Tell us a little bit about what you do with MHG, your podcast. Maybe a little bit, just give this a little capsule and we'll move on to Jen after that and get to my, know her.
4: My general bio.
1: Let's get the bio and the vibe. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> so I'm Carla McGee. I'm with MHG Commercial. I am not a native Arizonian because I noticed that people that are like really like to lead with that. So I'll lead with that. I'm not.
2: You're not the 22%. <laughs> you know what? That's a great, no, that, that is a fantastic
1: observation right. because man. Yeah, everybody, yeah I'm right. Native Arizona, and I was right. like, "Oh, great, okay, it's can like
4: we move on?" Vegan Crossfitters, and <laughs> wow,
2: okay, and <laughs> go ahead. Almost go ahead. like, Rob, almost like Robert's sure. <laughs> shirt, yeah. vegan Crossfitter. You
4: didn't say
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, He's oh, a I mascot. wanted to say no. something so bad.
1: Hey, yeah. I I went neutral. Boring. He said today. Crossfitter. Fitter. Okay, go ahead. Oh, I know what you were going. On. Yeah, you know what I was going. Yeah. Not a Native Arizona. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, trust.
4: Yeah, we're good. Okay. Uh, I'm originally from Seattle. I uh, grew up there, had my kids there, went to the University of Washington there, worked at all the proper Seattle things, Boeing, Microsoft, all the sure, stuff. Sure. The big Seattle yep, stuff. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I hate cubicles. It's just not my jam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ever again. <laughs> ever. So it's like, it was like a coffin. Between that and no sun, I was like, we're out of here. We got to go. So as I was reinventing myself, it was like, well, what what did I like about being in a in a cubicle coffin. And what did I like about all my hobbies? And my hobbies were all real estate related. If they didn't involve my husband or kids. Were you
1: a realtor
2: up there as well? I
4: wasn't. We mostly just kind of like flipped properties or, you know, just dabble. It was a hobby. It really was like just kind of a side hustle. And what was your husband doing? Uh, My husband sells commercial industrial HVAC. He's a sales engineer for Mechanical Products Southwest.
2: So then there was The synergy there.
4: Right. So, yeah. So it just kind of goes hand in hand and it still does. And so I came down here where the sun is and um, realized that I love commercial real estate over, say, like residential, um, specifically income producing properties, multifamily, all, you know, all Mm -hmm. that good fun stuff. And the rest, as they say, is history.
2: Very good. So how did how did you get started podcasting?
4: Um, I really like to talk. And No, I, I'm totally shocked. <laughs> I, it really, Daryl just fell everybody. out of his chair. By the way, <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you like, hide Darryl, that really well, <laughs> Daryl. Go ahead, Daryl. Hot <laughs> mic, hot <Okay>. mic. <laughs> 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 so I don't, I don't know. I just wanted a platform to, um, to talk about real estate, to talk about business. I also wanted a platform for women in, especially oh. commercial real mm-hmm. estate, and that's why it's called smashing through walls. Because I didn't just want to break the glass ceiling; I wanted to smash down the walls. However, as I went through my guest list, there are not very many women to invite.
1: Okay. So it, I was going to ask, mm-hmm. is it is it predominantly
4: a, 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 oh, yeah. a
1: male industry? I mean, yep. Dominated industry? Really? Dude
4: fest, yes. Seriously? Yeah. I've never noticed. Well, you're a guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when No. I, <laughs> <exactly>.
3: you, <laughs> right? It's a great
1: point. No, yeah. like
4: really, as I made my guest list and I was like, oh, you know, ooh, we can invite this person, we can invite this person, we know this person. I'm like, Wow. Those are all you were like through dudes. three shows
1: and you were done. Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so I try to invite women. Basically, what I'm trying to do is give them a seat at the table and give them an opportunity sure. to have their voice heard in the industry as well. Sure. And so if I have to be the representative of woman, then then so be it.
1: Somebody, somebody
4: has somebody's got to gotta do it.
1: Jan.
3: Hi. Hi.
4: Uh, so, <laughs> thanks so I much for being here. Like, now that Carla you stole the mic. You did,
1: didn't mean no, to wake you up. Um, it. No. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do with MHG.
3: Yeah, so I am a commercial agent Um, on the same team. I've been working with my mentor, Aaron, who started our team for, I mean, I think it's since 2015. Um, And it kind of just happened into my lap. I knew Aaron through a coaching business I'd started, Mm -hmm. and uh, I knew he was in real estate. So I said, hey, what are you doing in real estate? And he offered to mentor me in commercial real estate. I didn't know that was rare to have someone be so generous. And uh, so I've been with Aaron and seen our team grow and double and double and great people like Carla are with us now. And I've developed kind of a niche for myself in land development.
1: Oh, very cool. We have yes. nothing
3: to
2: talk about. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, So um, difference between residential and commercial. Um, like when you were talking about you like it so much better. Uh, What's what's the difference? You're just selling property, right?
4: Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're selling residential, you are talking about granite countertops, mm-hmm. flooring options. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can get into that in commercial too, but we mostly just talk about like, does this make sense? Does this location make sense? Does this financially make sense? It's just the conversation is a lot different. The the emotions come there off the go. table. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have thought that would yeah. be huge. So it's not someone's dream home or where they're going to have their kids or where their child took their first steps, right? Like this is a business or likely will be a business or was a business. Mm -hmm. And then that's it. So like it either makes dollars and cents or it doesn't. And so that's where like the finance background comes in. So how much
2: of it is, and maybe this is a naive question, but the one never asked is the one that you forget, right? So on that, how much are you doing represent, how much representation do you do on sale versus lease?
4: So our team is a team of about 15 people, and we dabble in both, right? We do, okay. uh, sell by um, tenant and landlord rep. That said, we all kind of do it, but there are people on the team that specialize in that more than others.
1: Very cool. You mentioned you started a coaching business? I did. Okay, tell us a little about oh. that. Do you still do it at all? So,
3: uh, no, okay. I haven't been doing it for a while, but I think it probably comes into my work with our clients. Okay, let's see. I was a stay-at-home mom for eleven years. Okay, and I through that journey lost sixty-five pounds, and um,
4: kids are stressful. Started,
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, I started, uh, you know, realizing it wasn't just external work; it's internal work, and how to coach who encouraged me to train and become a life coach. So um, that was one of the coolest things I've ever done. And I got to work with a local TV show um, who helped people lose weight. And... That's kind of where it started. I must say
1: you did a fantastic job. Thank you. Sixty five pounds.
3: And how long have you kept it off I, though, Jen? It's like been forever. Over right? ten years, I yeah. think. Yeah, so that's yeah. really the
1: bigger one of the At lines, first
3: so. yeah, at first you see yourself and you're like, Oh, who's that? Like you have to adjust. But now it it's not as uh, fresh in my mind. Gotcha. So but it's a lot. Yeah.
1: So that's cool. Neat neat Thanks. neat Thanks transition. Exactly. And and yeah, you're right. I guess that coaching Um, The whole thing just kind of plays into what you, and what an interesting transition to get from, to have that opportunity come at you.
3: It really is. Did
1: you ever think about real estate,
3: realtor, any of that? We'd made money when we owned homes and sold them. That was about it. And I didn't realize I was going to be offered like my dream job to do things that I can't even, like, I can't believe I get to do what I do. And that's how it happened. It's just
4: so she went from life coach to like being instrumental in the South Pier sale in Tempe. Mm. Like how huge is that? Yeah. It was a one billion dollar sale?
3: Uh no, the sale wasn't. The total project will be over I mean, one point eight billion, I
4: think
1: yeah. at
3: this point. So there's a really incredible developer there, um, doing a master plan community. Right. Yeah.
1: And you're big on the land more land development stuff than
2: well, I mean, yeah, we. That's you what know, you, in our industry, kind of we see I it mean. all the time. Oh, that's what you do.
1: I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I kind of build more than I develop. Yeah, the, well, that's what I meant. But, yeah, very, uh, very neat. Okay, back to the, the smashing through walls. Mm-hmm. The, we talked a, bit, a little bit about to give women a seat at the table to maybe uh, to change some of that focus there. Um, I, I really, a little. I, I, I guess maybe this is just such a male thing to say, I just never realized that there was that much of a disparity in the industry. Mm-hmm. Now, construction, we, we, yeah, we I recognize it all the, time. Yeah. It all the right. time. I just, You know what's funny? In my mind, I'm thinking, especially on the real, um, residential side, every picture, everything I see is a woman talking about residential real estate. Mm-hmm. I see it much more predominantly there. But after thinking about it, I see exactly what you're talking about. Right.
4: If you start looking through like LoopNet or anything else. Yeah, it's
1: kind of a good old boys network and, you you know, very interesting.
2: JJ. So on the, let's go down the with the commercial real estate and with your podcast. Mm -hmm. What's, what have been the hot topics the last few months uh, with your guests?
4: Well, like my most listened to episodes, for example, are um, uh, the new cannabis laws. That mm. have come uh, in this last year, we've brokered some of those sales. So we had, you know,
1: cannabis co- sales.
4: Uh, no. Oh, <laughs> wow!
1: That's a that's a change. Development. No. Yes.
4: Property. Yes. Um. So I had the Marijuana Industry Trade Association founder Dimitri Downing on there. Mm-hmm. That one's had like three times the amount of views <laughs> as anything else I've done.
2: So take a tangent and talk about, like, give a summary of. Is that just on the grow houses? Is that dispensaries? What is it about? It's,
4: it's grow and dispensary. So you need a license in order to be able to do that. One of the things I found out in interviewing and chatting with him is we, our law was built differently than um, other States and other States uh, kind of like liquor, right? If you, if you find the property, and you, it's properly zoned, and you, you know, you do all your due diligence. You, you get a weed license. Congratulations, thumbs up. That's not how it works here. It was on a lotto system, and there's only 168 licenses. Period. The end. Forever. Goodbye. Yep.
2: In the entire state, the I did not
4: realize state. that. Yeah,
1: and that's it. They're like, I mean, I guess at some point they could increase the they number, could. but as they it is right now, an it's act
4: of literally an act of Congress, though. Hmm. So, yeah. To, Interesting. To increase that, and I was like, could you imagine if there was only 168 bars? Like the people well, where I grew up,
2: where I, where I grew up in the Midwest, that would not. Be there were only like one hundred and sixty-eight people,
4: um, and they each had a bar. <laughs>
2: yeah, they each had a bar.
1: That that's uh, that's an incredible statistic,
4: right? So they were like the one of the interesting things that came out of that was you can make a lot of money if you have a lot of money, right? Because mm-hmm. the cost to do business and everything else was really high. Additionally, what we've seen on the real estate side is what we call the weed tax. Mm-hmm. So, so few properties qualify for cannabis use, whether it's grow or retailer or, or whatever, that they know that. They meaning the property owners, their broker, whomever. And so what, what should be a, like a, say, a million dollar property is now a three million dollar property. Mm-hmm. And you can't get lending on that. You have to have cash.
2: Which that doesn't surprise me.
4: Right.
1: But that's not stopping the <laughs> no. purchases. At all. No. mm. Yeah.
2: Wow. So was, was there any other takeaways in that from a summary standpoint for the audience?
4: I think to me those were the most interesting takeaways and you know that every state does it a little differently. You know, it took a long time for Arizona to kind of adapt that and those Is the, the
2: did did they talk about or did you guys talk about is is the grow facility up to par to to supply the retail demand? I would think it's behind.
4: I don't know. So what happened was What was already medical? Okay, medical. Right, was allowed to just kind of switch over, right? So they have whatever, whatever products they already have coming. They Mm. already have a supply chain for that. It's all the the new stuff, all the recreational new stuff that that is going. I think we'll see a delay on. They had what they called a social equity drawing as well, lottery drawing. That was really interesting, but again. I mean so initially with the first lottery those were $25,000 application just an application
1: whether it was granted or not
4: whether it was granted or not mm-hmm. so and it was non-refundable so $25 $25,000 per application so then take a group of people who have been unjustly put in our jail system or whatever right and tell them that they need $25,000 to qualify for this social equity <laughs> license and that doesn't sound very equitable does it
2: interesting yeah Yeah. it's
4: all fascinating
1: it is after the 166 can they sell their license to another individual okay so that's how somebody else could get into it you could sell yours and yeah go to somebody else.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. wow yeah that's that's interesting how about land development what's the most interesting or is the most interesting the one that you you just mentioned
3: yeah i would say that was the most interesting and i think i got one in a million education going through that process. The land when we when people drive by, they say like, "Why is this here? Why has no one built it yet?" And it's actually a pretty complex history on the property.
1: How long have you been involved in the transaction? How long does that kind of a transaction take?
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a slow burn kind of a transaction. <laughs> it took us. Uh, sure JJ, super see. familiar. I mean, we originally started looking for this developer in Arizona in 2017 and then started negotiating on that site in 2018, 2019. There's privately owned pieces and there's city owned pieces. And what the city wants right there is pretty specific. So when we had the developer that's now there talk to us, he was thinking of different areas to work, but I saw what he'd done in Tacoma, Washington, which is about a mile of luxury development. And I just said, like, I know you're looking over here, but I think you have to look right here at the lake. And it's a special spot where it's fee simple, surrounded by city and so it's been. Land. It's
1: been like a full time job. It's just a, yeah, it's doing been.
3: Yeah, it was. Um, and I've always been curious about things, and my parents encouraged me to ask questions. So I guess that's the, that's the way I've learned is just asking questions and really listening. That's been really how I've been able to do what I've done so far.
1: So you're you're obviously an East Coast girl.
3: No, no, or I'm mean from East Utah. Valley. I'm sorry, oh, yes. East Valley. <laughs> I said I like, coast. No. Yeah, Utah. I grew up in Utah. Yeah, <laughs>
1: um. <laughs> like no not East Coast. No. I'm
3: Utah. Uh, I love the East Coast. Yeah, work yes, mostly East work Valley stuff. So. Primarily in Tempe. I have mm-hmm. a natural affinity for Tempe um and love what the city's doing they're really gracious um people at the city of tempe um and so i've developed relationships and uh passion for i guess we have to invite community. some
2: sort of economic development director from tempe on now hmm. <laughs> yeah, I can. nice little follow-up yeah
3: <laughs> wait me first
4: yeah oh sorry well <laughs> oh, that's right this yeah. is
2: this is your cue i forgot
4: no just
2: i know
1: Real neat. I forgot what I was going to ask next. It, you know, it's the whole weed thing got me going. It just, I had a flashback to
3: 1960.
1: In shirt. I wasn't born in 1960, <laughs> but yeah, go ahead.
2: All right, Carla, back to yeah. you then. Mm-hmm. What was the, uh, back to your podcast? Yeah. Next biggest highlight in the last few months.
4: The, the next biggest, because I don't pick favorites. We'll yeah. just go by who, what's been most listened to. And the next one was having the economic director of Scottsdale. Oh, uh, on there and Rob yes Rob Millar. Millar yeah. yep nice guy um, had a lot of really interesting things to say about what the city's been doing and you know how they're trying to address certain things most importantly some of their like um, civil servants like police fire teachers how do you how do you make housing attainable and affordable in a city known for you know luxury when you still have to have teachers and then he, his both of his daughters were are also teachers so it's also something that he holds dear to his heart and i learned in that episode that the schools can build housing on their property they can yeah i was like
2: just in scottsdale
4: no in all of the dales a all lot, of the cities a
2: lot of them um we've you know cuz well, you most of you know that we we do build schools mm-hmm. under Blue Wave moniker. And mm-hmm. one of the things is the same thing. They're starting to look at, well, if we develop a little bit more and do a multi, more of a mixed-use development, mm-hmm. can we, at, at, first of all, attract, secondly, ret, retain those teacher bases because we all know, just like every industry sure. right now, you can't find anybody. Right, And right. Teaching's even maybe worse than others. Oh. So that is one of the reasons oh. why they're doing it. Yeah. How cool. Let's take a break
1: for a uh, commercial
2: and we'll be right back.
0: Tory Contracting, your full service division nine contractor. Tory Contracting operates with a smaller hands-on team. This cohesive structure results in superior workmanship and economical solutions. We deliver projects with unsurpassed commitment to quality and stewardship of budget. Tory Contracting, small enough to listen, big enough to deliver.
1: So they can build
2: multi-housing and
1: house teachers on their own school
2: property. So to speak. I mean, you still have to get through P and Z and make sure sure that it works. But But, imagine, like I can think of one campus that we looked at doing a remodel on where it was expand the the school environment. But then over here, it had had a pre-existing zoning condition where they had, I would call dilapidated housing. So in this case, instead of retrofitting it because it didn't pencil were just going to raise it build new but mil- build like multi-story so that way they you know you could have like like a condo type thing right where if it was a teacher and there was a, te- a family environment where you know it doesn't matter in today's society one two three four mixed you know mm-hmm. whatever that they could then just live right on campus
4: i picture it like student housing yeah. It, yeah. like on a campus except exactly. for teachers
1: Yeah, i think,
2: I think we're going to see more of that I do oh it's got to come creative. at some point
4: yeah,
1: yeah. Um, the, the cost of housing being what it well, is. Well, and yeah. the
2: educational model as well. When you look at, you know, the year-round thing and, oh, sure. and the, the interactiveness of, of all of it, it, it's, let's be honest, there's no longer a disconnect of, it's this holistic thing anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe put it and put it in words, but I, mm-hmm. I see the vision of it all and it makes a lot of sense. Interesting. So now
1: you do, you've mentioned or I've read, uh, multi-housing, multi-family mm-hmm. housing. Where are you seeing the most
4: interest I, it really depends on what, like what you're looking at, right? Mm-hmm. My favorite area is Mesa, but that's just because I love Mesa mm-hmm. and I think it has a lot going on right now and has so much diversity in its city from, you know, Northeast all the way to the West, what they're doing with the branches of ASU that they're bringing in and things like what JJ's doing with the surf park over there oh, that's yeah. in Mesa. I mean, there's, there is really some cool stuff going on in the city. So it's just my personal favorite.
1: A lot of single family rental stuff? Do you see get involved in the single family rental stuff?
4: I do. It so I do like sometimes my investors will be like, you know, I just purchased all this, but I want I want to do a portfolio of single family rentals for whatever reason or we'll work we will sell or buy portfolios of single family. Hmm. So it just depends. It,
1: that's that's huge with me right now. I mean, that's something that I get up and hearing and reading about and seeing about It's just continuing to explode, obviously, because housing being in the shape
2: that it's in now. But. Yeah. With the current um, supply and demand and inflation issues, are you seeing a difference of redevelopment over raw land? Is there a, an increase or decrease in either market because of that? So, for commercial.
4: for commercial.
2: So like let's let's put it in gen shoes. Yeah. developer comes to her and says, "Hey, I want this." Are you just looking at raw land or are you looking at redevelopment?
3: So initially, they're always looking for raw land. Right. Well, we're We're. ready to break ground land. Of course, if it's a national developer, that's what they're looking for in Arizona. And now they'll say, or if there's a great location, but it's something else, send it anyway. We'll look at the numbers. The inventory is so low. There's so few properties, urban properties left to do in full development.
4: Is that
1: really
3: becoming a thing? Is it yep. really
1: the the, mm-hmm. the the amount, the inventory of urban property?
3: Yes, it is. Um, wow. Is there any I, stats? As far as I know, cities like Chandler are 95% built out. 93.
4: I think it, they have only have 7% left when they came yeah. and presented right. to us. Wow.
3: And what about Scottsdale? Temp even higher, isn't
4: it? Yeah, is it? it's higher. Yeah.
3: And Scottsdale, as far as I understand, you think that there's a lot of land, but it's it's not state-owned, and, state
4: and um, or native. And, yeah, yeah. So, so it looks know. spacious, mm-hmm. but it's not very. Well, most spacious. people don't
2: realize that. I mean, th- correct me if I'm wrong, but from Pima out to the 101, that's still all. Uh, technically owned by by the Native Americans, and then they do the they do the lease agreements back on those things, right. like where yeah. McKesson is and all those mm-hmm. strips in there that right. we just had because we had Ryan, mm-hmm. you know, we had Ryan Companies on what mm-hmm. was a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and you know they were the the developer there on that piece. So yeah. I'm sure, pretty sure that was a an arrangement on sure. a land lease. Yeah, mm-hmm. we
4: get calls all the time that are like, "Hey, I want to develop right there. I see all this <laughs> land. I know I can." And we're like, "Oh, sorry, bro. That's- yeah." Like, that's going to be a problem. They don't just sell it off.
2: Now, what about, let's go down a different Mm -hmm. question, because I keep hearing the rumors around town that there's plenty of Class A office space left, but the demand is pretty low on that. Whereas other, like like you were saying, Flex Space Industrial, we we can't build enough of it. But is there an inversion and is there plenty of Class A office space available right now? Or what are you guys seeing?
4: My (coughs) personal opinion is that, yes, there is. There's still more development of it coming.
2: But more strategic.
4: I hope so. So, and it's kind of city specific, right? Like you see that more in like Scottsdale than you do in like say Mesa, for example. You Good don't, point. You don't see a lot of class A office space being built over there. I feel like we're going to get to like one of two points. We're going to get to a point where people are like, hey, there's a lot of this. And we need to start getting creative of what we're going to do with it. Or B, the people that are leasing it out call it, you know, Major national corporations who are paying tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars for these leases are going to be like, you guys have to go back to work because you can't work at home anymore because we have this huge 20 year lease on this property and it's just bleeding money.
2: I don't think you're seeing anything that no one that isn't a secret. Okay. Right, Let's right. be honest. There's, yeah. there's plenty of water cooler talk right. around and in the corporate are, environment right we now. We
4: are seeing subleasing uh, listings there increase. You go. Right. So people are trying, trying to release it out, but like, that's where we'd see inventory.
2: When you see those subleases, what kind of terms are you seeing? Not numbers, but more like time frame. Cause what are, what are people willing to give up on those subleases?
4: Like, well, they one year, th- two years, three yeah, years. Their ideal situation is to take over whatever leases left.
2: Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so
4: then it's up to us to negotiate. Like, what does that
3: look like for, mm. for our, for our tenant?
2: Mm. Jen, what are some of the challenges you're seeing over the last few months?
3: Well, just going back to Class A office, I don't know what you're hearing, but I just started seeing some conversations about actually building housing in some of those office buildings. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen any of that, but I think in some of the areas, we probably will see a little bit of that start. I'm not sure how much of it, but as the inventory stays low, I think that might be a possibility
1: yeah I, there's a project in downtown phoenix on top of a parking garage yep that um they're doing four stories of multifamily it had cool. it had a i want to say six story uh, office building mm. and they're converting it all to multifamily
3: very cool Ooh, yeah that yeah. sounds very cool and interesting
1: yeah i it's the first one that i've that I've known about or heard about again it'll get
2: back to numbers, but if it right. works in the in the long term, it depends on again. We we you got the people you represent. Whether it's a capital stack or a developer or whomever, they're not dumb. They're going to work the pro formas. Right. If it's good, they'll they'll convert it. If not, well then. Well, so and be I think
4: it. the difference between like Phoenix and say Scottsdale. In Phoenix, you have much older buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, those leases have long expired. Nobody's releasing them. You know, whereas in Scottsdale, these are all fairly new and have say newer leases on them. You know, under ten years. And so there's less opportunity for redevelopment right now, in my opinion, because the property owner is like, or I could just let you keep paying your lease.
1: Yeah, I was stunned. I want to say it was a couple of weeks ago driving down the 101 in the East Valley, in the area that you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. And all of the vacant buildings Mm. adjacent to the 101 from Via de Ventura, you know, all those down through there large buildings Mm -hmm. that I, they were dark. There was like a one car in the parking lot kind of thing. I was just amazed. Is that really from people not going back to a workforce?
4: I think so. I mean, that's kind of what the, what Rob Millar was saying is that some of those just aren't ready for being occupied yet, depending on which ones you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And then some of them are, people are still working from home from the pandemic I mean, you have guys like Elon Musk who are like, "Nope, go back to work." So, it'll be really interesting to see over the next couple years what starts to happen between them having leases on those that are very expensive, you know, on their books and getting employees back into those buildings to start justifying them, whether that's on a flexible basis or mm-hmm. or whatever that looks like. But I think we'll start to see it. Yeah, again. there's
2: a. I'm not going to mention names. There's a large national company right behind our office. Their parking lot's been empty ever since COVID started, and I don't even want to know what they're paying for right. rent yeah. on their building. But they haven't taken down the signs; they haven't. They keep it up. They mow it. They, I mean, they're still doing the maintenance. You and I, we all know they're paying their CAM costs, mm-hmm. so it's got to be a pretty, pretty heavy burn for to yeah. not have their employees sitting there,
4: right? Right, and you know it comes up. Oh yeah, yeah. Comes off a quarterly meeting. All right, so
2: but we back to Jen though. We got sidetracked. You you went yes, down that one. I, I was did. asking you <laughs> specific to like what you do day in day in and day out. Yeah. What what challenges are are you looking at? Do you have supply issues, demand issues, both? I mean, wh- what are your challenges over the last few months?
3: Yeah. Um, fortunately, the issues and challenges I'm dealing with are that we've got a lot of national interests, larger scale developers looking in Arizona and Phoenix and Tempe and Tucson and saying, I need, I need land, I need land, I need land. And typically what I'm working with is unlisted property or pocket listings. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think overall it's an inventory issue and the Siamese twin issue with the inventory issue is the price per unit land cost that developers are having to pay
1: so when you do find the inventory, then problem,
3: yeah. then we're at a point where it doesn't pencil to pay that much per unit for land.
2: Jen, why is it twice as much per square foot as it was a year ago?
3: Just, where do we begin? Jen, can you take your,
2: can you take your commission down, Jen? Oh.
4: <laughs> yeah. You heard how long, 2017 to 2022 that's 5 years of this woman waiting to get paid on one sale and then people do th- do things like ask us to reduce commission. Oh, happens. You know, I'm sure right. all the right and time. I'm like I just worked for 5 years on that project. Yeah. What? Yeah.
2: <laughs> and I was saying that facetiously, but I know but it cuts true. deep. Yeah. Well, it's no different than anybody that we oh, right. have on this program. I mean, yeah, we are asking
4: d- you to cut your mm-hmm. costs. Cut, and, cut cut cut. Yeah.
2: yeah, so you mentioned that I think that there was just,
1: you have a team of 15. Mm-hmm. On yours Now, why so small?
4: So that we can be Nordstrom and not Walmart.
1: You see it reflected in the service, mm-hmm. I would think, that you're getting.
4: Pretty much. Mm-hmm. We can really take care of you and have a team of actual experts in what they're doing versus like these, the big companies. And, I, you know, we all knew who they are, mm-hmm. so I won't throw yeah. anybody under the bus. But, you know, when people come on new there to be mentored, their mentoring is cold calling. Let's start making calls. Just start picking up the phone and that's not what we do we start actually teaching them how to do this job and how to best serve our clients and and we facilitate that through a lot of relationships that we have that you cannot build when you're that large
2: you like her nordstrom thing (laughs) tell where she's from yeah Yeah. i love it yeah Uh, ding 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 ding. (laughs) yeah yeah i i
1: I absolutely get it yeah so commercial real estate it was one of the things that you mentioned uh, going on in the valley. I mean, is there is 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 it now getting hotter on the on the West Valley than it than it was is in the East Valley?
4: Well, I don't know what you think, Jen, but I know residentially the West Valley has turned into what is technically a buyer's market right now. However. When I've been looking for leases for a particular client, I can't find anything because there's no commercial properties even built over there yet.
3: Which is what they're doing; it, they're building right. everywhere, but right. they're
1: they're either sold or leased
3: yep. before they've been, been built. So, mm-hmm.
1: what about you? What do you think? What are you hearing, seeing?
3: I think there's some great growth areas on the west side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing interest in areas like Casa Grande because, mm-hmm. you know, we'll the jobs that. and the manufacturing yeah. that's going to be there. Um, Maricopa. And yeah. Maricopa was my next, mm-hmm. you know, subject I would bring up. I think that I saw that you had their economic development director mm-hmm. on. I haven't listened we've to that had, podcast We've had yet. quite a few. <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of great mm-hmm. ED. Um, so. you're, you're, but
2: you're seeing a, a consistent theme. So mm-hmm. I don't think you're saying anything that all of us aren't. There's no surprises here. Nope. Yeah. You know, when I think about we had whether it was Maricopa Casagrand, let's go out west to you know Goodyear Buckeye. We all know what's going on out there with especially with mm-hmm. all the industrial, the relation to California, the logistics we've talked about. I think heck, even Josh well, that was on from Ryan mm-hmm. Companies he said the same thing. You know, they they're building more out there because their Californian clients are
4: right. It's mm-hmm.
2: cheaper to go from Long Beach to here and then ship it back right. than it is to the deal logistics with logistics. Is to not deal with the Republic of California and their Mm -hmm. business stuff. So, yeah, it's just, and then I think I just read something over the weekend on a Phoenix Business Journal that there was another, something, you know, let's go further down towards like Florence and Eloy and Mm -hmm. that area, taking over old farmland to, Mm -hmm. you know, develop that, which that's that whole Casa Grande moving even more with the arterial, you know, whether you have rail spur, Mm -hmm. highway access to the eight, you know, back and forth from Texas to California. Mm -hmm. It just seems like, that whole thing just keeps growing and growing and growing.
4: Right. Well, in the city of Apache Junction just came on my podcast, and we're talking about how they are promoting a vote that they have coming up to add half a cent sales tax on items in Pinal County. So that one of the reasons is so they can create a highway and then eventually rail system that'll connect Tucson to, mm-hmm. to the valley.
2: Well, actually, when we were guests on your deal, hadn't we just talked to... Oh, help me out. Wasn't it at the development group that was coming out to Far East AJ that was redeveloping that whole area around where the corner was? I think we briefly talked about that, Robert, too. Where AJ was taking a a pretty, I think a well-capitalized developer was coming in and doing a whole yeah. cleanup yes. on that one end of town. Yes. Call it just a yeah. whole redevelopment. Okay. Yeah, Yeah.
4: Yeah. And then they came on last week or the week before and like really elaborated on okay. a lot of that. And then that's the difference I'm seeing with the cities right now. And sometimes even the developers and everything, they're coming to us to facilitate our relationships and how, how we can help them. Like AJ's coming to us and saying, hey, this is what we're looking for oh, in terms of commercial properties, in terms of what kind of sh- we've done surveys. We know what kind of shopping people want. We know what kind of dining they want. Do you have those relationships? And our answer is yes. And if we don't, then we'll figure out how.
2: So here's one that I just thought about to ask you guys because I don't play there. But in our world, because of the price increases and everything that's going on, you're seeing a lot of collaboration on what I would call the equity side. So, in other words, developers and whatever are coming to, let's say, me as a traditional GC or even a construction manager, hey, would you would you like to take an equity stake or play in this? Right. Now, let's go back to what you were talking about with supply and demand, that if the west side, let's just go down this hypothetical thing, let's say on the West side that it is turning back into more of a, you said buyer's market Mm -hmm. on the, on the residential side, let's say on the commercial side that it went from a heavy, heavy seller's market down to more neutral where it's 50 yard line. Are you getting asked to go back to the sellers at all and, and for more favorable terms? So are you getting more creative in your, in your, in your deal? Making is what my question is or not yet.
4: So like if we have things that are already under contract, then the answer is no. Right, get that. Right. But the answer is yes if if they're out there looking and we are trying to all be creative together. Yeah.
1: Because you are fighting for, there's a, a yeah. <laughs> quite a few fighting for just a few yeah. pieces of inventory. Mm-hmm. Right.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, which makes it all more important to have a relationship and be relationship-based. We'll talk about that in a second. Let's take a break. Be right back. There comes a time when dreams become a reality, when you see your vision materialize into a true work of art. And the only way to get there is to choose a general contractor who shares that same vision and knows how to bring it to life. At Blue Wave, we aren't so big that we've forgotten where we've come from, and we aren't so small that we can't care for your projects regardless of their size. When your vision deserves safety, perfection, timeliness, and expertise in order to become a reality, trust Blue Wave to get it done right the first time. So is that one of the reasons, and I would say this, we've answered it already, but MHG is so relationship-based.
4: Yes. So you're taking the collaborative relationships between 15 people in the Valley with all their different areas of expertise and all their different, you know, skill sets. And then utilizing that in for our clients.
1: Yeah, we kind of joked a little bit about the whole social, about networking right before we got on. (laughs) But that is a big reason why we do podcasts, why we do these things is to have those conversations and build those relationships. I can only speak for JJ and myself, but when we have people on, it's very seldom that we ever talk about what we do. It's all about what they do mm-hmm. and um, at some point, and it has happened, and we haven't been doing this but four or five months, I get a, an email or a phone call back, you know, hey, um, well, it's been a while. Thanks for letting us come on, but uh, hey, could you help me with XYZ? Relationship is where it's all about. And these these larger ones, the no-names that we, that we all know but we're not saying, mm-hmm. um, it certainly is not relationship-based. No,
4: It's all transaction-based.
1: Yeah, it's all just first one there it's like throwing meat in a
2: pool of piranhas <laughs> I had to visualize that for a second that Yeah, oh uh, yeah. cow cow, it kind, of, cow and kind of reminded yeah. me of your shirt but then I got over that <laughs> yeah
1: yeah shirt my shirt's kind of like or cool piranhas? Or, piranhas or I don't know it's the chains in the hearts it's it's confusing yeah so um you know you know the story behind and he just totally failed today
2: yeah I am I copped out.
1: But you know the story, we do the flashy, you know, it was coats and then, you know, we've decided to do shirts. And then when we were on your podcast, everybody showed up with a nice flashy jacket on and we just showed up normal. So, yeah. <laughs> really so really
4: upped your game today, is what
1: I saying. did on purpose. Well, I think. And my wife, we sit and go through Amazon and pick stuff out and we just laugh and laugh and laugh. And the harder we laugh, the more it means that's the shirt that we got
2: to get. I do need to up my game again, though. Yeah, you'll get there. Yeah. You,
4: you need some... Uh- pretty loud blue wave polos well my
2: my excuse was i think go buy dry cleaning for about three straight weeks to pick it up
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah and we would prefer you
1: yeah don't wear a dirty one uh what have we not talked about that we need to carla jen is there something that like just burning in your heart you just gotta get it out
4: commercial real estate i don't know yeah. What um, questions do you have for like for us? Well, you know, aside from being experts in your own field, what like what do you what do you want to know? The
1: ones that have been pounding my mind are are you still getting you hearing the big Amazon? Are those people still coming in and still looking for inventory?
3: I have qu- Is That's that slow looking at, down? I'm looking at yeah, Jen. Yeah. That's slowed down.
1: It has. Um
3: we do have some uh, flex industrial developers who are still looking for properties to build but it's pretty quiet
1: i know it's still happening at least i happening. say it's still happening yeah. west valley wise i mean mm-hmm. i keep hearing Absolutely. that they're you know building another big one for this or another building for that yes we are in school daryl's raised his hand um, we have a
4: question Darryl? from the audience All oh, oh, yes.
1: polite daryl <laughs> go
2: ahead i have
0: a question do mm-hmm. um gc's and real estate agents ever cross paths before something ever get for a all the time
4: mm-hmm. we could you know if jj would call us and ask us to he, help
1: no, the answer Sorry. is jj goes yes all the time and she's saying he's never, never had a, a
2: phone call <laughs> once so well full disclosure they usually talk to you before they talk to me that's true yeah so a typical daryl great question so some of i would call their peer group because you don't know everyone mm-hmm. even though it's connected as this valley is so let's say it's a naop or someone like you know the big group that combines commercial real estate with developers and gc's there isn't a week that goes by that someone in your fraternity or your sorority doesn't call me and go, "JJ, what is the current cost per square foot of that?" Because we're dealing with X, Y, and Z. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you're not going to like what I'm going to tell you because it went up 10 percent in the last week. Oof. You know, they're going, "Oh, really?" And they're like, "Yeah." So, uh, the answer is yes, Daryl. And I think that is going on constantly in the valley. I mean, all the time between and, and even
1: us. I mean, you know, when we're we are in a light, you know, light gauge steel structures, but because we're uh, such a big piece of the pro forma mm-hmm. that's why they're doing it because they have to make it pencil before they can either pr- they can purchase that property if it doesn't pencil with what they're trying to do it won't go
2: well I think uh, th- another great example to what you're saying is and not to belittle this, but let's just, mm-hmm. let's take a uh, just a very industrial shell like a distribution center or but like what you guys have been talking mm-hmm. about these big tilt projects that are going all mm-hmm. over
4: mm-hmm.
2: those are exactly what you, but we, in your description, where we will go out to maybe three or four key subcontractor trade partner mm-hmm. uh, people, and a classic example right now is to beat the supply chain. So uh, one is, okay, can we do the land? Two, what will it take to get the infrastructure done? Which, you know, if there's offset improvements or things like that. In other words, getting utilities, what right. we call wet and dry utilities in and out of that, that facility. Because sometimes that could be a year or two long process mm-hmm. with entitlement and everything else. Mm-hmm. The next one is the structure itself which, as you guys know, could either be like concrete tilt, a metal building, mm-hmm. a hybrid of some kind. Mm-hmm. And that's where the we, supply where chain issues should. get. Can, and can really then get after them. that, yep. it gets a little bit more into the, the weeds, but not. But I mean, more like the macro weeds of, OK, can we get electrical equipment? Because right now, electrical equipment's over a year out everywhere. Right. Even the APS and SRPs have, they have trouble with getting transformers on the on the public, if you want to call that the public side mm-hmm. and then the private side, getting SES and switch gear for those buildings. Mm-hmm. So great question, Daryl, and it just, the answer is yes, and even more than you could possibly fathom how much commercial real estate and developers and general contractors are talking more and more and more. And then you also have to bring in the, the, what we call the A&E firms, architectural and engineering firms. They're part of it as well. So back to Carlos' point, the collaboration and the teamwork is probably more organic than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Oh, I
1: would certainly agree with that. I mean, but, you know, especially right now with developers maybe that that owned property that their project penciled a year ago,
4: right, <laughs>
1: that now it doesn't anymore because of of it, inflation, lending, loan, you know, whatever all those things. So the people that are paying cash, it doesn't affect as bad as those that are out, you know, going after uh lending, but I, I remember when the It was a 2017, 2018, the big crash, whenever it was in the housing stuff. Or no, 08,
2: 07, 08. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, farther. Wow. (laughs) Um, I think another thing, though, and this might offend some listeners and people, but let's just cut through the the garbage and get right to the point. And the elephant on the table is I don't care if Carla's at Carla Inc., Jen Inc., or whatever the relationship is more than the name on the door. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so post-COVID, when you see the back to the network and relationships, which where were we kind of organically went down this conversation in the last few minutes, has been, I see the relationship outweighing the the business relationship like a thousand to one, mm-hmm. more, more so than Ooh. it ever has. Mm-hmm. And so the loyalty of, you know, if it's Blue Wave and Tory, mm-hmm. that's gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that it's gone, but the relationship with Robert and JJ, Oh, is, 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 through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that's where I think what Jen and, Jen and Carla can agree to is those people that are seeking you out are seeking you as your brand, right? not yeah. your company brand.
4: Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we just had, like, we as a team just have this great synergy. So they know that even if you come to me for, say, land development, that's not really my specialty, th- but they know whoever I'm working with, that they can trust that because because they're reaching out to right. me as a person, as Carla McGee, not just yeah. Carla you know with image, people, joke, yeah. Commercial. Correct,
1: yeah. And it, that's really happening an awful lot more. Mm-hmm. Than, than
2: think of your role, okay? Mm-hmm. You're the BD man. Mm-hmm. Be honest. How much of what you get in, like if you're tracking a CRM, mm-hmm. is truly to Tory, and how much are you paying forward that increases your brand, but yet you'll never see anything on your bottom line towards that? I bet oh. it's a Huge. Cause on me, I can tell you it's huge. It's, it's massive. And you have to be careful of your time allocation because you want to build a brand and do right by right. But then there's some days you're like, I, I still have to make money and I have to, right. cl- I have to close on what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'd love to pay it forward to you, but it's got to be limited.
4: Right. hundred no. percent.
2: I'm sure we all struggle with that. We do. Yeah. I mean,
4: because like I have two kids, I have a mortgage they need things like... Which one's that. more important? <laughs> <laughs> it depends Don't on the day. Don't answer that yeah. question. Depends on the day. But they need to go to college. They need braces. Sure. They need a new bed that we just put together this weekend. You know, just stuff like that. Like my daughter in this bed, she just had to have it. And then I'm, a little, I'm a little irritated about it because she's nine and she still slept in my bed last night. And then I was mad because I was uncomfortable. And then I went and slept in her new bed. <laughs> and now I'm tired. Well, just it, saying, these story it,
2: it goes from generation. I just blame it on Jen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fine.
4: Yeah. She That's fine. she didn't life coach you well enough. <laughs> Apparently, we haven't been coaching enough. No, <laughs> nope. I coached my nine year old out.
1: I'm glad we got into that. The whole uh, relationship thing, it really has changed a whole lot. I mean, we're all LinkedIn people. We get on LinkedIn, and, and now you know, there's people that are changing jobs or or losing a job they don't even get another job and they just keep doing the same thing they were right. doing before because they're still just, you know, that conduit of introducing people to people. Uh, the guy that's on with us next week. Oh, yeah. That's what he talked about. He talked about, look, I don't make any money off the phone calls, but everybody knows you call me if I don't have the answer. I know somebody that has the answer. And that is what eventually leads to that, but
4: <laughs> yeah. is it really new? Because how long is the saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know, been yeah, around, I, right? No, that's it's excellent not, no, point. It's, it's, it's not new, excellent Carla. Point. I just no. I
2: think it's being…
4: Revitalized. And, and utilized more. I think more.
2: V- validated maybe yeah. is the okay. way I look yeah. at it is we came out of the COVID thing. We came out of all the unique blessings that we had here in the Arizona workspace that we're lucky to. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the conversations we're having are not the conversations in other part of the country. It's mm-hmm. true. They're, they're the people that don't have work. We, we have
4: abundance we're, we're having the
2: a lot of the discussions that parts of the country would love to have right you know why don't why don't we have enough people why don't mm-hmm. we have enough workers why don't we have enough supplies that's all it was for me was that validation piece of it's rekindled right. of how important it is and then through what we're doing and it, you know like why you are on here today with us and vice versa you know our podcasts are that vehicle for exploration for sharing for all those kind of things I mean, this isn't shameless self promotion. It is mm. a little bit, but hardly. That right. isn't why you did it. That no. isn't why we created this. Mm. We wanted to connect people that, so that the whole thing, that, you know, from a holistic manner got better. No. And it's working. Well, we think so.
1: <laughs> we hope so. <laughs> well, if it if it wasn't, we wouldn't. I mean, look at Daryl got new digs. I mean Yeah, he's so, got a
4: new office. And yeah. I
1: wonder I wonder how much of that falls on us. I don't know. I mean, know. you know, is that is that because of the the, the shows are so well does, so do good? Or, or does it have to do No, I actually know what it's for and it doesn't we I don't trying, answer that. Daryl's like No. No, no it doesn't have anything to do with you guys. You guys couldn't even be here and it'd still be the same way. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so what are how do people get what's the best way for people to get a hold of both of you?
4: Both of us? Well,
1: let's start with you first.
4: Okay. Well, if you want to just get a hold of me, Carla mm-hmm. McGee, you would go to Investment Real Estate A Z on Instagram. That is the best way to get a hold of me to see all the content I put out. Talk about real estate, finances, and anything you do to become an investor, stay an investor, or work with investors.
2: And remind everyone of your podcast, too.
4: Oh, that's right. And my podcast is Smashing Through Walls on Phoenix Business Radio X.
2: Okay. And do you have... I know it's all recorded. It's mm-hmm. just like ours. Do you have a live version or not?
4: No, I have it recorded and I put it on a YouTube channel. There
2: you go. Yeah. So everyone look for her on YouTube.
4: And that's in my bio
3: on my Instagram. It is. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. And you Jen, that. you?
3: So the best way to reach me is through LinkedIn. I'm not on social as much as Carla yet.
2: Yet. Um, See, she said yet. That's yet. right. There's hope. Maybe one day Goals. You'll get there.
3: Maybe one day. Um, LinkedIn or actually just good old email jen at mhgcommercial.com
1: and then the
4: best way to get a hold of us as a team is mhgcommercial.com
1: yeah you've got to go there and check it out and learn more about these folks
2: i was going to ask jen was there anything you wanted to talk more we have a few minutes did you want to go down the life coach thing at all or is that just more of a hobby now
1: (laughs) oh i do know one go ahead answer (laughs) his first
2: Well, no, I wanted to get, you. you're a mother. So, you're a mother. You didn't talk about
1: your kids oh yet. Oh,
3: my God, yeah.
1: Yeah, see the face. I told you, I'd beat you when I brought up the kids. We're like,
3: oh, yeah, yeah. Forget, forget it, JJ. Forget I, don't care. Oh, I'm, I have two kids. I have a 17-year-old. He's about to turn 18. He's a giant human. He's a giant um, human. I, it's so weird. <laughs> Party
2: at Jen's house tonight. <laughs> With
3: the giant yeah. human. <laughs> and then I have a 10-year-old. So they're just at the heart of everything I do. And I was thinking, can I share something about your question, Daryl? I was thinking through, that's such an insightful question about us being connected to contractors. It's something that you have to learn because some of my favorite clients are small business owners who have development brains. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a client who bought some land. They buy land and know like, oh, I'm going to build a building. I'm going to have my Taekwondo studio in one half. Then I'm going to rent out the other half. Like it kind of makes sense to them. But then when you get into it, you realize how complex it is, how brave you have to be to do real estate Mm -hmm. development. And if you don't have contractors and subcontractors in your network as an agent and someone advising them, I can't like give them what they need to learn or like make the introductions that will actually make the difference so that they break ground. So they actually build that dream. So
1: well done.
2: That's brilliant. That's. I think we should just end it right there. Yeah, that's I mean that was like that was anything like, I say is
1: just like going to be Durr. No, that was that was that was excellent. I'm glad you followed up on oh, that. Thank, thank you.
2: you. Okay, that's um, why we bring the smart people on, Robert.
1: That is why we bring the smart people Cause on
2: because you and I. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we're going to actually
1: have to have one of those. And one of these days, we're going to have one of these shows, and we're just going to bring Carla and Jen in, and we're just going to have that chat like we did before this thing started. Thanks for coming. We uh, would we'll, love Thanks to have you again eyes. at some point. Yeah. Take us out of here, Darrell. We'll see you next week.
0: You've been listening to The Mac and Blue Show, brought to you by Tory Contracting and Blue Wave General Contracting. Be sure to subscribe to The Mac and Blue Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Follow Robert Johnson and J.J. Levinsky on LinkedIn and Instagram. And tune in live every Monday at 3 p.m. as we continue to introduce you to the people building Arizona. Walt Disney said you can dream, create, design, and build the most wonderful place in the world, but it requires people to make the dream a reality. Until next time,
2: make it a great day.